I am Consciously Curious, a podcast for those that are searching for a career or cultivating meaning within their own space. We've had anesthesia providers to barbers, dog behaviors to airline pilots, white collar to blue collar, entrepreneurs to passion projects. Life's too short to not produce meaningful work. Join me, Victor Chan, as we deep dive within various industries. I'd love to hear your feedback, so feel free to leave a comment. I hope you find some value within these conversations, but more importantly, I hope it sparks a meaning within your own space. In this episode, Chris King shares her experiences as a flight attendant. She recently completed the EMT class and she managed to do it while maintaining a full-time workload. She shares what made her a good candidate and how difficult the training was. She absolutely loves living out of a suitcase and shares some travel hacks. She also shares some memorable experiences with passengers. We wrap the episode up with what she hopes to accomplish in the industry, especially with her newfound knowledge of emergency medicine. Please enjoy my conversation with Chris King. Um, Miss Chris King. Hi, how are y'all? You guys can find her at officeintheskies.com where she kind of shares her personal experiences in the skies. But yeah, you've been a flight attendant for about three years and you made the EMT class work. Yeah. While flying. Right. So we get to move our schedules around a little bit. And right. I just kind of worked my days off for the class. So. Um, and we're all about pivots here, yeah. life pivots and on, on the podcast. Um, and you came into this field a little later in life. I did. What were you doing prior to this? I was a hairdresser for about 20 years. 20 years? Yeah. And at what point were you like, I'm tired of this? Um, when my last child went to college okay. and I was just like, you know, it's just me. So I think I want to do just something a little different. Okay. But did the did that feeling um, come up before that and you just feel like you were maybe tied down? Yeah. Okay. And um, I lived in a small town in Tennessee. Okay. And um, it was just getting a little harder to make a living doing what I did. And why not? I mean, life life is short, so you just might as well make the best of it. So. Did you ever feel like you wanted to get into this even before being a hairdresser? I did. Okay. When my son was three, okay. I was um, offered a position when Allegiant Airlines started. Okay. And I just, I felt like I couldn't do that because he was so young. So I decided to be a mom first. Okay. And then um, I really didn't think there was an opportunity at my age for, to be a flight attendant. But um, I was surprised. Uh, Several companies uh, offered me um, positions to come and train with them. So, they offered. I, yeah. So these, I applied. You applied. Okay. Yeah. And I had several offers. Wow. Yeah. I, I've just been perusing and I've, I've heard that it's difficult, actually. It is. To get an offer. And I didn't even realize that. I just kind of put in, I guess because of my customer service, I have right. a lot of customer service. And I just looked up some ways to build my resume okay. for the airlines. And I did that. And... Uh, I think it was in a week I had my first offer. Okay. And um, then when I went, I was told it was like one in a thousand gets offered. Right, that's and what I heard. And 
I was amazed. I really didn't know that. So. So what's the average age in your class? And like maybe if you know in the current classes. Um, the average age is usually you have to be 21. So okay. usually in the 20s are the average ages. Okay. Um, there were a c- couple of people that were my age um, in their 40s. Yeah. Not many. I was the oldest one in my class. <laughs> Um, but they, yeah, so the customer service skills, I mean, if you're 21, it's not, I don't know how many customer service skills, like I how know much you'll have of that. Mostly people that have had jobs since they were 16, okay. a lot have a college degree and, um, is that required? No, it's it not is required. not. I do not have one. Hey, I'm an advocate for that too. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I just, um, and that was another thing. I thought you had to have a college degree. You do not. Okay. And, um, they go with life skills. Um, how you carry yourself, mm. um, how you talk to people, and your you have a video interview and how you interact oh, with okay, the video okay. interview. But so. is the video interview after the online or paper interview? Yeah. Or paper uh, application? Yes, it's okay. after the online. Right, so you really got to shine on paper too. Yes. Mm, okay. So, but it's they people that have been teachers mm. or because there was a lot of people that tried to do things in the field that they wanted to and they realized it wasn't for them. Okay. Teachers, people that were kind of wanting to do nursing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, people they, that want to help people. Yeah. Guess, you know? So EMT. Yeah. Yeah. They would get hired really fast. <laughs> um, was there a game plan? Is it easier to get on to re- like regionals rather than majors? Right. Okay. So I didn't realize that um, – you know, you should really try for the major airlines. Okay. Um, they were not hiring when I started three years ago okay. as much. They are hiring. A lot of the airlines are hiring really big right now. Oh, okay. And um, so I applied for a regional, and it really helped me. It, it was a stepping stone. Yeah. Yeah. And it, the training was three and a half weeks, but the regional was almost seven weeks. And it's pretty intense. Um I, I think people think we're just there to serve them drinks. So <laughs> it's, I, I didn't just, realize. Just kind of like an EMT, like you're there yes. for the worst case scenario. Yes. You know, God forbid it happens, but you have to be prepared for, for that. You do. You have to be able to get everybody out of the plane in 90 seconds or less. I didn't know that. 90 seconds or less. 90 seconds or less. I didn't either. <laughs> I'm like, what? How are we going to do this? Um, I'd love, I'm going to go back to, um, why is there, why are people, why are, why are airlines looking re- really hard right now? I think after 2011, they let off and furloughed a lot of people. There was a pilot shortage too. Not a shortage. They weren't hiring as much because of that, because they had so many regulations, government regulations, uh-huh. airport regulations, and the airlines just kind of stopped mm. then. You know, it was a huge impact. And yeah. I said 2011, I meant 9-11. Right, right, yeah. 2001, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so in 9-11, it made such a huge impact. And so they they quit hiring. Okay. Um, a lot of airlines went out of business. A lot of airlines have consolidated, um, mm-hmm. like U.S. Airways, American, um, United, Continental. Um, and so now things are kind of yeah. settled. Yeah, so now the airlines are growing right now. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are retiring. Okay. So they're maxed out. The The age is, it's on the older side right now. Okay. And a l- lot of airlines are trying to change um, 
maybe culture. Yeah, they're trying to make a culture. They're trying to hire younger. Okay. And so, you know. Yeah, I was wondering if there was um, a higher turnover rate or just people were, or like they opened the floodgates, like it's open now, like come through. It's like a floodgate. Okay, okay. Um, Like our airlines last year hired 2,000 people and this year they'll probably hire about three. That's got to put a burden on training. It is. (laughs) So, (laughs) but it's. Quality control. It's. It's unique, okay. honestly, um, and I, and I don't think it's just one airline. I think several airlines are hiring really big right now, okay. and I think it's just it's the time. It's where they're growing, and then their employees mm-hmm. have have gotten older, mm-hmm. and they have to retire. And most people don't leave this job. I never knew. I was like, I'm just going cool. to travel the world a little, yeah. live a little, and I'm like, oh my gosh, maybe I should have done this when I was younger. So I wonder if a lot of people go into this like, oh, I don't want to settle down yet. But then they realize like, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. Everyone that I, I meet so many different flight attendants on the plane and especially we call them the senior mamas and daddies (laughs) that I meet on the plane. Um, They were doing it for three years. You know, I'm going to do this for three years. I'm going to do this and, you know, go to college or something. When I'm done, I'm going to travel the world for a couple of years. And, Mm -hmm. you know, 30 years later, they're still here. 30 years later, like that habit. How long have you been here? 25 years. I'm like, really? Yeah. Yeah. We'll talk about seniority later on. Yeah. Um, you said training was about three and a half weeks from the regionals from regionals. And then mm-hmm. you said up to seven weeks for, for majors. Yeah. Okay. And it was intense. I think the experiences that I've read, like they're all like, they, they make you question, like if you want to do it, people cried, people cried. <laughs> yeah. It was really intense. Um, you go, you go six days a week and you have one day off. And it's not necessarily in your hometown. No. You go where they, sh- like, they're like, where we, their training centers are. Okay. Yeah. And how much um, time did you have to find, like, living arrangements before? They put you up in a hotel. Oh, they put you up, okay. And um, they feed you two meals a day. Okay. So it makes it a little easier. <laughs> do you know if any airlines don't do that? Um,. Some of the regionals, they put you up in hotels, but they might not feed you. Mm. You have to, most of us brought our lunches, but most of the major that I They'll know of, yeah, they take care of. Okay. Um, and then the actual, walk me through the actual process, like week one, week two, week three. Week one, yeah. um, you go in, you don't know what to expect. What's your cohort size? The what? The class size. How, how big There was, was about 75 in That's our class. And, but they broke you up into smaller groups or? Yeah, they broke us up in an A group and a B group. So they okay. just did us in half. Okay, okay. And um, the first week, you learn basic BLS. Mm-hmm. And... Um, that's what they focus on really the first week and BLS like basic like, life support. Right. Like how much of that is like, did, did you, how much of the EMT class was from that? Um, just the American. So kind of CPR. Yeah. Just oh, the okay, CPR okay. part. Okay. And they did first aid and stuff, but okay. actually that might've been the second week. I think the first week was just learning what it was to be a flight attendant. Okay. Um, kind of what we were going to be doing, mm-hmm. um, meeting everybody, touring the facilities, and um, our aircraft we were going to be on. And the first week, you're just like, oh, this is great. I can do this. And then the second week's <laughs> when they're like, okay, now we're really down to business. So um, we do the CPR and yeah. first aid, and we have to do our emergency equipment. Mm-hmm. Um, we have fire extinguishers. 
and um, we have AEDs. We have to learn a bunch of equipment we have, and we have to okay. know where it's at right. and how to access it. So it's a lot of memorization yeah. for the different aircrafts. And um, we have to evacuate a plane. Right. I've seen pictures of like in a giant pool. Is that? Is that yeah, they down? do a pool. Oh, wow. And um, you have to like float in a in a raft. That's cool. Cause, it I is. Mean, we, I mean, we try to bring that to the class to make it as realistic as possible. But can mm-hmm. you imagine if like you talk about using these things and never actually use it your, yourself? Yeah. So that's one thing that they do every piece of equipment that we have, including our life vest. We have to we have to know what it feels like to blow it up, you know, know when to do it. And so we had to watch a lot of videos of Mm. um, different situations that um, people got into, pilots got into, the aircraft got into and, you know, different crashes. Mm -hmm. That was kind of different to be able to react to that okay so you've seen okay so you've yeah. seen other experiences okay yeah what what made your learning experience stand out or what made it great the people that you're with mm. you even though there were a lot of them just were so much younger than me and um you bond yeah. because it's so intense and those are the people that are in your evacuations with you that you have to depend on. Mm. And I I don't know if I'm trying to relate what it would be like, but it's um it's just 7 weeks of, you know, really being really intense and those are the people that know everything you've been through. Probably kind of like basic training. Yeah. In the army or right, the navy, right. you know, you just bond. Right. And um I, they're still friends with me today. I just did New Year's with a um, bunch that just came to Chicago with me. Oh, so, right. yeah. Um, any, if there were any, any negative experiences? Um, what, what could they improve on? And we haven't named any names, right? So right. Like, just whatever, you know. It, Honestly, I didn't really have a lot of negative experience. Um, anything negative. There's room for improvement. Yeah. Anything negative, I, and it might be, because of it might be just me but anything negative I felt like you could use it to better yourself with so anything negative would be if you went up to do a door you had to memorize them um how to arm them and disarm them and you had to say it verbatim and you had to pick it out on your door and you had to say it a certain way what is that what do you mean open a door what is an aircraft door when you're opening a door oh there's a code there's like, no, oh, what do you mean? When you open the door, you know, they have different levers. All the different aircrafts have different levers and they're oh. different doors. And you have to know how to open them in an emergency. And you have to know oh. that from memorization, you know, and sometimes you didn't get it right. But, you know, you might get a little mad at about it, but it was your fault. You didn't get it right. You know, I had no idea. Oh, it's so much. It's so much. I thought it's like when you're when you're. Um, coming into the airport and like they won't open the door until you have like a secret knock or something <laughs> on one of our aircrafts they have to knock for us to lift the lever a little bit so oh, but okay. um like a secret i thought it was like a secret password kind of thing no Never that's mind. on the no on the um on the cockpit door we do uh, oh okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah but usually when we're at the gate the gate agents open the doors yeah. so we don't have to but we have to know how to op- open them um in an emergency and it's usually a different lever. Is there any training on how to handle like 
difficult passengers? Yes. Leadership training? Yes. Okay. So um, we have, um, I'm trying to think, we have a, um, it's like a whole, almost a week of how to do with different incidents. Mm -hmm. And um, we have, there's like three different stages Mm -hmm. and their levels. And so you start out with a level one. And you had learned how to do with, we have to do self-defense classes. Oh, great. Anything specific? Um, like Krav Maga or Jiu-Jitsu or anything? No, it's just um, mainly, if you if you Google self-defense, though, a lot of people that have been police officers and stuff, they do self-defense. How to get out of somebody holding you oh, a certain okay. way. Mm-hmm. Um, how to hit someone a certain way. Oh, wow. Yeah. Or just being assertive in, in mm-hmm. general, right? The things that on the aircraft, how to use if somebody, if we have like people on the plane trying to hurt us. Right. You know, because in 9-11, several flight attendants, you know, they got hurt because of that. And they just weren't prepared. And now they prepare us and they teach us how to use our voices. That's the main thing. Mm-hmm. So when you step at the aircraft door, this was another thing that I did not know that's interesting you'll have somebody greeting you, usually a flight attendant. Well, she has about two seconds to look you up and down and to see if she can use you, utilize you in an emergency. Or if you're, if if you just don't hit her right, if something's different about you. So, and it's true. Do they, do they train you how to, how to use your gut instinct? Yes. They do? Yeah. Okay. So we so always body language, like reading body language. Yes. Okay. And, and what the people say and do. And it's, and it's happened to me personally, nothing bad, but somebody that just wasn't coherent kind of. Mm. And, you know, you don't want to get up in a plane 30,000 feet and something go wrong. And right. so you just verbalize with your pilot. He is, he is primarily in charge of the aircraft. So we always go through him and I'm um, just like, Hey, Oh, the lady in 11C just doesn't seem quite right. And so that way he knows. And if anything happens, you know, and it did. So, and you would actually deplane, like land and if it was bad enough, we, um, we do everything through him and we call for medical personnel and, um, we have med link on the ground. Yeah. Yeah. Like a sat phone. Mm -hmm. Okay. So if it's bad enough, they divert and they'll land. Are there marshals on every plane? Not every plane, but they're on a lot they're of planes. Of okay. Yeah. And do you guys know who they we are? We do. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's cool. And it's really interesting because a lot of the passengers don't. It's, oh, yeah. And when the... That's um, the point, though. <laughs> right. And that it's kind of funny, though, because when you get in the air, people kind of just... They don't act like their normal selves. Well, they're in their bubble. Yeah. And maybe there's this that increases their sense of entitlement. It does. It's we see the craziest stuff, but you have to look at it. People are traveling. They're tired. They don't take care of themselves. They feel entitled because they spent so much money for this plane ticket. So you just have to look at people, look at personality types. Sometimes you just have to smile. Um, my big thing is sometimes if somebody's having a bad day, I just rub them on the shoulder and smile at them and use my Southern voice. I'm sorry. Right, Bless your right, heart. Can right. I get you anything? <laughs> yeah. I think it's it's very interesting. Like when someone raises their voice at you, it actually works to your benefit to lower your voice. It does. And you're controlling the situation mm-hmm. at that point. And when you're smiling, it, you're controlling the situation too. Right. So I think they call that mirroring. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It just, it doesn't. 
subconsciously like it's like why is she smiling yeah it's like i'm being so mean to her why is she being so nice to me so and that happens for me naturally when someone makes me nervous okay. i smile okay and so it it works for my benefit but a lot of people i'm just i see so many people and so many things i don't think twice about it i'm just like well you never know you know we've had people on our flights where they're going to see um they're going to talk they're going to the hospital because they have a loved one dying. Yeah. They lost a son last night in a car accident. You just don't know. What everyone's story is. Yeah. yeah. And that's that's the thing. You have to think about that. It's mm. a lot of empathy. It is. So. <laughs> um, with Let's go into more like day to day then. Okay. Okay. So how, how many flights do you have to do or how many, how, how many hours a week do you have to put in? Um, there's no set number. Okay. We do. I'm on reserve because I started with a new airline in February. Okay. I started with a major airline. And so I am 70. I'm guaranteed 78 hours a month. Yeah. Doesn't sound like a lot. Um, we get paid when the door closes. So when we when we check in for our trip, we start getting per diem. Yeah. And then. And you check in on your phone or? No, we check in at the gate. Oh, okay, okay. And then we get paid hourly when the door closes. Okay. And so we don't have to do a set hour. Um, Sometimes I'll get called out. Sometimes I don't. I'm guaranteed a set amount. That's the per diem? Yeah. Okay. No, that's the. that's before per diem. Yeah, that's the hourly, you know, the hourly, um, the hours I'm guaranteed a month, whether I work or not. Okay, okay. But, um. Honestly, you can work as much as you want. A lot of people do. So um, a typical day is probably about 10 hours to 14 hours. And that's, it's a long day, but usually you have one or two legs. Sometimes you have three. Rarely you have four. Yeah. And a leg is going like from here to New York. We call that a leg. Okay. And so um, it, it just depends on the trip. And sometimes you do just a turn, and that would be like to New York and back. And back. Oh, yeah, wow. that, that I can see that being exhausting though. It is. I, it does it feel like it flies by because you're always kind of doing something. It does. Okay, okay. So even though you're always on your feet, you're always doing something. Yeah. Um, like when we check in immediately, we usually go to the plane and we do our safety checks. Okay. So we check all of our equipment, make sure it's all there, it's working. And, um, you know, cause you don't want to be in an emergency and not have it. Yeah. We check our doors. Um, we check our bins, yeah. we check the bathrooms. You, you're always looking for something that has to do with safety. That's the main thing the flight attendant does. She doesn't serve you drinks. I mean, she does, but that's, you don't even learn about drinks till the last couple of days of training. Right. Right. And so most people have served drinks before, so it's not a big deal. But th- the main thing that we're there for is for safety. Yeah. Yeah. Um, on those quick turns, how, I mean, what if you don't, you got to eat, right? What if you got to, you want to go to the restroom and like, how does that? So, um, you go to the restroom on the plane a lot. Yeah. Okay. And so, um, we can take time to eat. Sometimes we'll have, um, a two hour sit. We'll go in the airport and eat. Most people bring their food with them. Yeah. And you'll have another flight attendant. Maybe the pilots or the one of you guys like coordinate be like hey i'm running to grab something do you guys want anything yeah okay and so the pilots are usually really good about saying hey we're here for so long because they can get off the plane Mm. 
if it's a quick turn. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we can't. They'll be like, do you want some coffee? Do you want something to eat? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's harder for them to eat because they have to call back and ask us permission. Not permission, but if we have time to give them a bathroom bait because we have to do certain things to set up safety mm-hmm. for them to come out of the cockpit. Right, right, right. And so um, that's like... I've never seen it, actually. You've not? No. Um, there's a... It's a really big protocol. It's a really big deal. I imagine, yeah. And um, you have to have two flight attendants, and nobody can be, like, During in the, the restroom. Door. Or, like, one flight attendant up, up front, too? Mm-hmm. Oh, and okay, one okay. in the cockpit. There has to be two people in the cockpit at all times. Okay, okay. And... Um, there's a lot there's a lot going on if you have to open the cockpit door. So, you know, like in first class nobody can be up. No one can be in the restroom. Oh wow. Yeah. So So much for being in first class. I'm yeah. <laughs> it doesn't usually take that long, yeah. you know, and a lot of times if it's a if it's a turn like to New York and back, most times they don't have to use the restroom. But when, you know, you fly international they do. Mm-hmm. And they usually have a relief pilot, so okay. they'll get to come out for a little bit. Um, do you get to choose where you fly or they just kind of assign that to you? Right now they assign it to me. When you have a line, you get to, you get to bid on a line. Um, when I pick up on my days off, I get to see different trips and choose. Okay. And what's, can you remind me what a line is? A line is, um, the different days you work out of the month. They do it on a monthly basis and it, um, it has like different trips, like, um, maybe some three-day trips and four-day trips. Yeah. And so it's all built in a week. And so you'll have like a three-day trip this week, a four-day the next week. Oh, that's nice. Then you can kind of plan mini vacations. You can. So (laughs) that's what I do. Um, And right now, are you just domestic or have you gone in? I'm both, domestic and international. Um, That's why I don't mind being on reserve because you have to be really senior to hold an international line in Chicago. And I've been to, since February, I've been to London three times. I've been to Dublin. I've been to Frankfurt, Munich. Um, wow. Yeah. So I've gotten some great trips. Um, what would you consider seniority? How many years in would you consider Oh, gosh. Seniority? We have people that have been here 30, 40. Such a low turnover rate. Yeah. So. 30, 35 years, maybe 40. Oh, wow. We have flight attendants that are in their at, 80s. Oh. And they're sharp. I'm telling you, they're sharp. Can they still, like, put, like, stow luggages away and, like, reach yeah. the top they can? If like, they have to, they yeah. can. But if they're smart, they don't because your rotator cuff will give out on you. Right. Um, I will help people put their bin, their luggage up, especially older people right, right. or people that are just not really they don't have a big frame and they can't reach it. Yeah. But I try not to because um, a lot of people are like, oh, you're so mean. Um but, their stuff or? Yeah, because you expect a flight attendant to do so much for you, but it really will mess up your rotator cuff after so many years. Okay. So you have to be real careful. Um, right. That's another thing with a flight attendant job. Everybody, you know, they're, they're just like, oh, they're so glamorous, a flight attendant. I want to date a flight attendant. We're asleep half the time. <laughs> that's our life. <laughs> Dang. Yeah, we, you have to get your sleep, yeah. especially if you do international. Yeah. You have to be careful what you you know, you put over your head for your rotator cuffs, you know, the shoes you wear. So how is it living out of a suitcase, living out of a hotel? At first, it was a little different. I mean, now it doesn't bother me. Um, You just, usually I pack my suitcase. There's things that I like to take. 
Um, and I keep it packed. I come in, I okay. wash it, pack it back up. Yeah. Um, sometimes I'll change a few things out, but not a lot. Right. Um, I have a carry on bag that has all my toiletries and I have little bags within the big bag and it stays packed mostly right. of the things. And I've just come to live out a suitcase. And you don't mind it. Like no. home is where the suitcase is. Right. Like, okay, okay. And so, and you realize that you don't need a lot that you thought you needed. When I first started, like I couldn't get my suitcase closed because I was scared I was going to forget something. Now I just, I know what I need and it's, it's really not a big deal. And honestly I can make, like out of five pieces of clothing, I probably make about three or four outfits. Yeah. Right, right. So you just learn how to, to incorporate everything together. With the work uniform, do you just like have the hotel dry clean it? And how does, how does that work? Honestly, with the work uniform, it depends on how many days you work. You can have right. the hotel do it. Usually I bring a spare. Mm. Oh, so okay. we have several pieces that we bring. Um, a lot of times most people will wear it like two days. Mm. And you just use Febreze a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's glamorous, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but a lot of times, I have two dresses, like two coats, two sweaters, two skirts, two shirts, and you just if you're going on a four day, you bring two two outfits usually. Yeah. yeah. Um, we talked about this in the EMT class a little bit about germs oh yeah um any tips or tricks I, I heard one where like you don't use like the hotel remote like you just like wrap plastic around the remote and you avoid touching it things like that and yes like there's a lot of taking tips your, like separating your work boots or work shoes off of, yes you know, not, not dragging it into your home the airplane is like a capsule of germs the air recirculates <laughs> when people are sick please wear a mask because that recirculates the only fresh oxygen you're getting is in the cockpit not everybody can go up there Interesting. <laughs> yeah um some people will wipe their seats down with um sandy wipes uh, i mean it's not but that's not standard protocol f- between every flight no Ugh. they do clean they do vacuum they clean the bathrooms between okay. every flights but People are people, and so, you know, people have different standards at their homes, and right. and you just have to think, some people wash their hands, some people don't. Some people put the seat down, some people don't. Some people accidentally pee on the floor, some people don't. Some people accidentally throw up in the bathroom all over the wall, some don't. And they don't clean it. <laughs> yeah. Usually we try and keep it really clean. I mean, we do have stuff on the aircraft. We have a lavatory bag. Yeah. That we try and keep things clean. If I know somebody's went into the lavatory, I wipe it down. That's been sick. Yeah. Um, on my last flight, I had somebody, I really think she had the flu. And um, I kept her in a bathroom because she was getting sick almost oh, the yeah, whole yeah, flight yeah. just yeah. to keep her away from everybody. Right. And that's where she felt comfortable. And then I really wiped it down when she went to her seat. So Yeah. Have you come across passengers that maybe clip their toenails or are barefoot or yes. like are hanging their feet on the yes. person is, you know, on the chair in front of them. Like, yeah. How, how assertive are you guys with those, with those passengers? Well, you know, we're not enforcers, right? We but can, subtle reminders. we can, we, yeah, we can like kind of remind you and, you know, kind of posit use positive reinforcement to kind of get people to do the things that we need to. Um, but we can't make, people do certain things and um i have seen people clip their toenails 
And I just say it's pretty disgusting, <laughs> especially to the poor person sitting next to them. <laughs> and I see people wear their shoes a lot, take their shoes off a lot yeah. on the airplane. And I just want to say that is not water on the bathroom floor. That's oh. all I want to say, <laughs> you know, and it, somebody might have, you know, a kid might have used the bathroom on the floor in your aisle. Yeah. Like two flights ago. I mean, they come and clean it up. It's They use sanitary stuff, but it's just not like your house. You probably should not take your shoes off. So if the air is recirculated, mm -hmm. if someone throws up, then that odor, uh, that vomit odor, kind of like gets recirculated everywhere? Uh, they, do filter they do have filters. They do have filter systems. And actually, they're doing more filter systems. It's getting a lot better. Okay. And so they're doing um, some new filter systems that are taking actually the germs out. Interesting. Yeah. And so they're trying really hard. And um, some of the planes have that now mm -hmm. to where they're, the odors and the germs are kind of filtering them out. Um, to go off germs that the like most hot question you get this a lot is like the mile high club right so like how often does that happen um it happens oh. um Ooh. yeah i don't recommend it <laughs> i mean you need bleach if you want that bleach. to happen is yeah. there really enough room or no there's not i just i think people think they're gonna do that and they might try that right and so most flight attendants will knock on the door if they realize that. It's like, why would two people be in the bathroom anyway? Yeah, so we knock on the door and say, hey, are you okay? <laughs> and if they don't answer, <laughs> yeah. So we'll knock again and say, are you all right in there? Can we help you? <laughs> so, Is there official protocol? Is there like paperwork you got to write up or anything? Like um, I don't think there's paperwork you got to write up unless someone gets hurt. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, it's just, it ha happens. It's never happened to me. Okay. Um, more of people in the seats with blankets over them, I think, is something that's probably oh. happened. Okay. And so you just make your presence known. And if if anybody is indecent or oh, yeah. or does that in public, we do have to do our threat levels. And so. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Oh, damn. Um, how often do medical emergencies? All the, all the time and that's one of the reasons i did the air might you know exacerbate it does issues, yeah. and that's one of the things i did the emt class for yeah. is because um when you do a lot of red eyes or international people just don't take care of themselves they forget right. to take their medicines um they're dehydrated they yeah. don't sleep they don't eat right or they think that they'll take a benadryl and drink a glass of wine and yeah, I've had people pass out doing that. And not wait, like... It's just not real smart. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I've had people have a stroke. I've had someone have a stroke. So, like, chest pain and stroke. Yes. These are, like, time-sensitive mm -hmm. issues. Um, do you, got, you guys, I'm guessing you guys have, like, baby aspirin on board and are trained. Like, that's yeah, we have aid, a so. lot of things on board. Um, we have first aid kits. We have several different kits. We always call for a medical professional. And I'm sure there's actually at least one on every. There has always been right? on every yeah, flight. Yeah. yeah. Even nurse, doctor. And so we have to coordinate some of the kits we have that they have to be the ones to open them, you know, because uh, oh. we have training. But, you know, there's you, you have to stop it at a certain extent for the flight attendant to be able to open it. They have to have medical direction, tell them it's OK. Interesting. 
Um, and so why isn't it like protocol to have flight attendants go through like an EMT program? Um, I really can't answer that. I really don't know. I think it should be. Yeah. I think you should have one EMT on every flight. Right. I think that would set a lot of airlines apart. Um, they do the basic life support. I mean, most, most of the flight attendants know how to keep you breathing right. and, and use the AED and they know how to splint and, you know, how to stop bleeding and right. just the basic things to try and keep someone alive till they can land. Right. But usually they will land really fast in the first place that they can that can get the person um, medical attention yeah. as soon as possible. Yeah. So um, so what do you think having an EMT license like now, like what, what do you think you could do now that you have that knowledge that you couldn't do before? Um, I think I can see signs and symptoms a lot so recognition. more okay, okay. to Being recognize to assess, yeah. and to know why I'm putting oxygen on someone. Mm. Um, a lot of times flight attendants and, and I don't per se, this is wrong. You know, they teach us to put oxygen, almost everyone that has a medical. And that's what EMTs were trained to do before. Yeah. And now it's like, just be smart about it. Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, to really know like the signs and symptoms when somebody, when you suspect somebody's having a heart attack, like it, it really opened my eyes to know why I'm doing certain things. And of course it gives, gave me a lot more broader knowledge, right. you know, and all the equipment that we have on board to use it, you know, right. why and how to use Narcan, you know? Yeah. And so. That's interesting. And then your medical director would probably be where your home base is, I'm guessing. Um, it's where, where it MedLink right is. Yeah. I don't know where yeah. they're based at, but, um, they're available for all of our flights. And so okay. it's like a 24 hour yeah. somebody yeah. doctor that right. can answer everything. And you tell them signs and symptoms and usually a doctor will tell them what they think. And now as an EMT, I can also put in a knowledge, be more knowledgeable about that, be able to talk to them more so they can direct you what they think you should use. Right. Or they'll ask the doctor what he thinks he should use and they'll direct them where to go. And so, uh, yeah. Get, do you get bonus points um, if you do have a bachelor's? Because I think you should get bonus points if you have an EMT. Um, no, even you don't. Time. So... We're all hired at the same, mm. the same level. Um, we're a union. Our our airline has a union, and okay. so they're very straight across the board. They try and be very equal about everything. Mm. Um, if I think that you should have bonus if you are an EMT, yeah, I definitely think that. Yeah. Um, I think that's just a bonus for everyone too. Right. So interesting. Um, what. When you were applying, um, what made you pick one airline over another? Um, the airline I'm with now, I picked them because um, they were making a lot of changes and they were growing. They went through a growth where they stopped growing and they consolidated with another airline. Mm -hmm. And I kind of looked at some different backgrounds. Mm -hmm of the different airlines and what they were going through. And I could see that they were trying to change um, their airline and their image. Yeah. And, but they were still a little um, conservative about some things Ooh. that I liked. Oh, okay. But then they were very, um, very open about um, a lot of things about culture. Mm -hmm. And it just made me feel like they were more 
well-rounded. And so um, we have every kind of person you could ever think work for our airlines. And I really liked that. Um, I really liked that they didn't put a stereotype on our flight attendants and our pilots. And I just felt like they were more for their employees than I can't say more than other airlines, but I felt like they were really there for their employees. And so I I really feel like I made a great decision with that. Okay. And so from, from the passenger standpoint, um, and I only speak for myself, but like I, as far as branding goes, I don't, I can't differentiate airlines. Mm -hmm. It's just like you go with what's most convenient and cheapest for you. Yeah. Right. And, is your airliner, do you know of airlines that are working on trying to differentiate themselves? They are. Just like when you think of a certain airline, is there like what pops into your mind? Like what, how does it make you feel? And like, it doesn't, none of them make me feel a certain type of way, you know? I think they're all right now really trying to brand themselves and change their culture. That's really big right now. Um, I know we, we are kind of branded a little bit different. We're bringing, um, like Spider-Man stuff. We've have Star oh, Wars yeah. planes. I did that, yeah, and we're kind of doing a lot of different things like that and um they're marketing a lot different. Right. They're trying to change their services more. Um they're trying to offer a little more choices for the passengers okay. and they're offering choices between seat classes, not just first class and business class and economy. Like, yeah. They're trying to offer several options. Like slightly more leg room. And yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. So they're, they're trying to do that. Um, it's very competitive. Um, to, as a, to what, what do you mean? In, between, the airlines. between the airlines. Yeah. Course, it's yeah. really competitive. Well, that's how you bring out the good, good people. Yeah. And so a lot of times, you know, they have certain routes that they do. And so this airline might not have a route that the other airline, and that might have an effect on how you choose Mm. who you go with, you know? And so a lot of people go with some of the cheaper airlines, but you have to pay for your luggage, you know, you have to pay for your drinks and your snacks. And so that's a big difference with the major ones. You know, you get a carry on and a plus one. So, You get to do two luggage, and some of them don't even charge to check your first one in. Yeah. With um, seniority, so when you gain seniority, are you moving up to, like, business class and then first class? Like, how does that... Seniority for a flight attendant? For a flight attendant. Seniority is how a line that you get to hold, Mm. what kind of line you get to hold. And... um, Chicago is very senior for my airlines. Mm. And so a lot of the senior people are able to hold international lines. And if I had a line, I couldn't hold that. I'll probably, I don't know if I'll ever hold an international line. It just depends. So. Yeah. But is that, is that what everyone wants though? No. Yeah. Right. No, because a lot of people have children. They want to do a turn and go home. Right. Right. They want to go somewhere and come back and be at home by five o'clock. Right. And and they're able to do that. You know, they start at five o'clock in the morning and they're home by five o'clock at night. Um, but and do you need seniority to work in like first class or anything? Like no, that? you don't need. seniority. Mm-mm. So um, usually they bid on what position they want. Uh, I preference a position that I like. Um, I do like first class. I like working at the front of the aircraft. But mm-hmm. of course, it doesn't really matter where you work. So, um, internationally you get paid more for certain positions that you work. 
and those are probably harder to get. Yeah. Um, do you know anything about corporate? I know. Yeah, I know some about that. Yeah. Is that mm-hmm. something that kind of piques your interest at all? It does. Oh, and cool. so the EMT that did help, that will help me. Oh, nice. Okay. And then I did, um, when I was younger, going through, put myself through school, I worked for several restaurants and worked for a catering business. So that will also help so too. So there's more of that in corporate. Yeah. Okay, so okay. in corporate, you usually get paid a little bit more yeah. um, starting out. Yeah. Um, but you have a lot of responsibilities. You have to um, do everything safety-wise for the airplane. Kind right. of falls on you, right? And you have to um, prepare all the food. You have to sometimes you have to shop for it. What? Yeah, <laughs> it just depends on what corporate you work for. Cooking it too? Um, yeah, you're preparing oh. it. You have to um, you have to at least make a list of what you want to have, and you usually do it according to who's flying with you. It just depends on what kind of corporate airline you have. And, you know, some of them are just more, they have more people that are used to having certain things and you have to make sure that they have it. Extra accommodating. Yeah, that's the word I'm looking for, accommodating. You have to, you have to be more accommodating. So they expect a little bit more. You get to meet interesting people. You do. (laughs) So I follow some friends that have a blog that um, are corporate flight attendants. And they get to go to some great places, but, you know, sometimes they're gone for, you know, 10 days. Right. Yeah. Um, there are so many bloggers and vloggers that are flight attendants. Um, is Do you think they're doing this? Is there like any um, outside gain to this or is this just like as a journal for themselves to document their journey? I think there's both. Yeah. And so um, I think some of them it's, you know, documenting their journey. I have people that document every flight they do. Oh, wow. And so um, then I think some it's – you know, they, there's outside influences. Do they partner with like, with different companies. Okay. Yeah. As what, so. like, what do they? What do you mean? Like get more trips out of something, or like what no? Do they, get? they probably get paid. You know how many clicks they get, and so they partner. If you'll go look, they'll have certain companies that have like little commercials, and mm. you know they're selling their products kind of through them. For someone who's always on the go, mm-hmm. and things like that. Yeah. Interesting. So, um, as far as compensation goes, do you feel like you're well compensated for the the number of hours you put in? I do for where you start out. I know some people don't because being a flight attendant starting out probably is not, you know, the most, it's not a, it's not a whole lot of money. If you look on a scale of just money. Yeah. But there's perks outside. But there's perks. Yeah. And then after so many years, you're more than compensated with money. Um, we top out at about 13 years. A lot of our flight attendants make six figures that have topped out. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, a lot. How, and how would you compare that to a pilot? Um, of course, they make a little bit more than us oh, okay. usually, especially in, ma- in the major airlines. Okay. Because um, I also hear that they're underpaid too, in general. Yeah, especially some of the regionals okay. are. Um, when you start out as a, um, when you're a captain, you're you're pretty topped out. Sure. You make really good money. Co-captain, he probably starts out less, but a lot of ours co-captains, they're they've been there for a long time. Okay. They're they're not young, you know. They've flown a lot. Right. Um. And I think a lot of pilots start out in the regionals. Yeah. Um. 
I do think for what they pay for schooling, they probably don't, you know, right? make as like much. It's hundreds it's, of thousands of dollars. Oh my gosh, it's so expensive. And there is schooling for flight attendant, but like. It's not required, though. No, it's not. There is schooling, and some people do that. But I don't highly recommend it if you want to know the real truth. Because if you're with a great airline, they're gonna put you through. They're gonna put you through the training that they want to do right. for their aircraft. Does it even help your chances of getting in then? I don't think so. Oh, okay. I mean, I could be wrong, but I really don't think so because they want somebody that wants to. Do, they want to train somebody to do it their way. That's open-minded. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, because we have different positions and commands that we say when we're evacuating aircraft and you know they want you to know the commands that for their airline so we're all in you know in one accord doing things the same way and so I don't know if it would hurt you you know it would give you some some outlook on what we do right um, I don't think it would hinder you from getting the job but I don't think it's going to make your chances any better Okay. Yeah. Um, might look good on your resume, maybe. Yeah. So um, it's not a necessity. Okay. Okay. Um, question from a previous guest from shout out Nick. Um, he had a question about water. Uh huh. The water on the plane. Okay. And if it's actually potable. Um. And so, like, would you drink the coffee or tea? It is. Oh right. Okay. And um, the, the water comes from wherever you're at. Yeah, every the water that we serve passengers is bottled water, and the potable water is it's treated, and that's what we make our coffee and tea with. Mm -hmm. And I drink coffee on the airplane Mm. every day, so (laughs) nothing bad's happened to me yet. (laughs) Um, Another health related question Uh is: Do you know any? flight attendants um that have been doing it long enough that have might might have gotten exposed to uh emf like electromagnetic frequencies like for a long period of time i don't yeah and if there's any signs or symptoms like chronic issues that of like maybe fatigue or yeah i don't i think fatigue is a lot with our job and going through different time zones even if you're in the u.s um I've never heard anybody really say anything about that. I know that's kind of a thing out there people talk about, mm-hmm. but um, never. Yeah, because they, they, they have like hydrogen pills to like combat that. Yeah. That. Um, it's never really, I never really talk about that with anyone. Interesting. I've just heard it, you know, somebody say something yeah. about that. <laughs> I've never even thought anything about it, honestly. Any any other travel hacks that you've learned over the last Oh, years? a lot. Yeah? Yeah. Just top five. Top five. Um, my favorite travel hack is when it's for a girl, when you carry your curling iron. Um, usually I'm in a hurry and I have to be downstairs at a certain time. Mm. So I cool it off by wrapping a, um, a washcloth around it. That's a cool washcloth. Oh. So that's how I cool it off real fast. Um I always carry the wrinkle release with me, always, <laughs> always. Um, I don't I don't ever sweat if I forget anything. I don't ever think about it because the hotel behind the desk, a lot of people don't know, they have everything that you need, and they will give it to you, like the deodorant, 
toothbrushes, toothpaste. Oh, a lot of people yeah. don't know that. Yes. If you ever forget anything. But because you're a flight attendant? Or? No, just people. Oh, okay. If you're a guest at a hotel and you ever forget anything, usually razors, they have all that. Oh. And they'll give it to you if you ask for it. Yeah, and sometimes, I mean, they carry really great stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another travel hack, I do book my hotels through um, ID90, and we get that as um, airline employees. Certain employees get it. We can invite friends. Uh, it's a little cheaper. You can what kind of... It? It's a group of hotels or ID90? It's a, it's a app it's that an app. you use, yeah. I'll send you an invite. <laughs> So, so like discounted rates? Or? Yeah, oh, it's really okay, great. Okay. Um, what else is there? There's so many hacks. Um, I always carry, if since I'm on reserve, I usually carry a smaller puffer jacket. Okay. I recommend getting the really thin ones that you can just roll up. Yeah, little shells, yeah. Yeah, those are really easy to carry. Interesting. And um, if you forget your curling iron, you can um, wrap your hair and tissues and it'll curl it what you can <laughs> you can do that okay <laughs> so um can you speak on i don't either from personal experience or knowing other flight attendants um, that have gone through this but with your travel schedule how hard or easy was it to have a dating life Oh, that's real interesting. Yeah. Um, a lot of people are scared to date flight attendants because they think, oh, you're in every city. You probably talk to millions of people. It's not true. We don't have time. <laughs> we sleep. <laughs> um, currently, I'm dating someone who lives in a different city. Yeah. And um, it's challenging. You just have to both be willing to make it work. And um, we see each other every week. And so sometimes he comes where I'm at. Mm -hmm. Um, I've been on a layover in Tampa and it's been really long and he just jumps on the plane and comes meet me and we hang out in Tampa. Oh, okay. So if you're willing to make it work, you can make it work. Yeah. And with, with that, do you find flight attendants because they just have a hard time settling, they just start dating each other? Sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Do you, do you bump into the same flight attendants often? Mm, not a lot. Oh, okay, I, okay. I, there are, there are certain ones I do. Yeah. There's so many flight attendants. We don't work with the same people every day. Do you like that? I do. <laughs> I but I like meeting different people. Because then so. you have you have kind of like roots in all over the country. Yeah. And so, um, I mean, just people are just interesting. I find that a lot of flight attendants are not married, are not dating because it does take a lot of effort mm -hmm. and. Um, a lot of people want their spouse or their boyfriend or girlfriend to be at home every night or easy accessible. And, you know, we're, we're gone three days, four days sometimes. So yeah. I like it, though. I think it adds spice to the relationship. You're not like, oh, my gosh, who are you? I haven't seen you in three days, you know. So. Yeah. Interesting. So what what's next? What's next for you? I don't know. I've been thinking about that. Maybe um, the corporate, maybe. Maybe, yeah. Do Do they look for a certain number of years, like at a major before? You they go do. Oh, okay. You have to at least have a year or two. Most of them, they say a year, and then you have to have other qualifications. So, yeah. I have a lot of room to grow at the airline. I'm at they hire within, so I can also do their corporate headquarters are here, so I can also do things with them. A lot of um, maybe a trainer. I don't know. I'm. I'm just keeping it open right. to see um, right. 
we do have like a disaster relief team. I want to join the EMT will help me with that. Will we go and we help where disasters are? Oh, wow. I didn't know that. I knew like, I guess first responders would do that. Yeah. So we have like a first responders team that does that. I want to join that. I know Australia is going through some things. Yeah. And so they will send, they'll send people in, they'll fly people in to help. Yeah, we talked about this before we started recording, but how, how do you hope to incorporate the EMT? Not not tactically, but maybe at the corporate level. Oh, at the corporate level, I'd love to see an EMT on every flight. Yeah. I think that would be great. Um, I, it just makes you more knowledgeable and able to handle things. And I think that people people travel more now. People, are I think, are sicker sometimes now with different things. Yeah. And... Um, I just think it would make us stand out more. Uh, definitely. Yeah, as a company. Yeah, as a company, I do. I think it would just it would just benefit everyone from our passengers to our company, you know. Um, speaking of interesting backgrounds, like do you do you know any flight attendants that came from like another kind of off like the wall background? Yeah, a lot. Um, nurses, teachers, um, off the wall background, um, trying to think like complete, like 180, like they didn't complete 180. They weren't happy with what they were doing. And, um, some people that, uh, well, no, I guess the hospitality industry, I've had a lot of hotel people that have actually ran been GMs of hotels. Wow. Yeah. Um, CEOs. And that's a lot because they're coming from... They're coming from good things, yeah. And you're just like... Yeah. What what is the stress, you know? I mean, and flight attendants, your job's stressful, but sometimes it's as stressful as you make it. Yeah. And um, it's really a great job. (laughs) It really is. (laughs) That's amazing. I I think it's kind of underrated, you know, because flight attendants, we kind of get complacent and... Then we start saying, oh, we could have this, we could have that. And people, they just don't realize we have so much opportunity. We have so many perks. And, you know, you, you're on your flight. And if everything goes good, you, you leave, you go home. I mean, yeah. it, it's not it's not a hard, hard job if you keep it safe. Yeah. That, that's the main thing. Yeah. But um, you have to be able to keep it safe. And that's why, you know, you're adamant about keeping things stowed away. Yeah. And, and, and I don't think uh, people aren't able to look at the whole picture. And right. so, you know, so just, yeah, just one small thing, one seatbelt that's not buckled and we hit turbulence, you know, a small child could fly and be really hurt. Yeah. Even an adult, you know, a tray table that's not put up during landing can be a very bad object if we crash, you know, and landing, takeoff, taxi, takeoff, and landing is, you know, the most accidents occur. Yeah. So. Um, And I just, I wasn't aware of this as a career. I mean, I I flew, but, like, not as often. But, like, in high school, even in college, like, I don't know if people consider this as a a career. I don't think they do. (laughs) So. I've noticed that they're like, oh, you're a flight attendant. You're having it's a career. Yeah. I mean, it's a great living. You you can make really good money being a flight attendant. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, some people don't do it for the money. Some people do it for the perks. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, my airline. If you, a lot of people are older that have it. You know, they fly one trip a month. They're able to keep their benefits. I mean, that that's huge. 
And so I I read that as well as like maybe when they first got on they weren't they don't feel like they're appropriately compensated so they work the bare yeah. minimum to get the perks but then they'll have like another full time job. Yes, okay. because you don't make a whole lot. And so, but are they still racking accruing like seniority points? Like, mm-hmm. They are. Yeah. By, but like only the bare minimum hours that they're working, or how does that? You only have to work the bare minimum hours, but and does so that, does that count as a whole year of seniority? Like you know, accruing seniority. Well, you don't accrue. A seniority is done by the year. So you're you hired. Work the bare minimum, and you still have that year. Yeah, that's insane. And so, um, usually there's um, bare minimum a month, especially on reserve. Yeah. I can put in and drop things. I can drop trips or give them to people. I can drop days. I might not get paid for them, right. but you know, I can do that. A lot right. of people have but second jobs. Good standing. Yeah. Oh, interesting. And so, if you if you do what you're supposed to do, if you show up, you do your job. You, you remain in good standing. You know, it's it's not, you have to try hard to get fired. You know, <laughs> you do. So like once you get your foot in the door, you're pretty much in. Yeah, unless, yeah. You, unless you're doing something that's really, there There are things that they will not tolerate. A lot of it has to do with safety. Yeah. And that's, that's just, that's the huge part of the airline is okay. the safety. And that's, you'll hear flight attendants say it all the time, safety, safety, safety. Okay. And if you do something that's not safe that endangers others, you probably will lose your job. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. Um, where can people find you besides the blog? I'm on Facebook. You're on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. Instagram. Yeah, Chris Chris A. King. King. Well, Chris a. King. Yeah. Links in there. Um, yeah, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat. You got Snapchat? <laughs> I do. I know. Imagine. We want to see more from you. Okay. I love, like, from various industries, I'm always fascinated by the behind the scenes. Yeah. And so, but, like, not just the glamour, too. You know, obviously, you don't want to, look, you know, make, make anyone look bad, but, like, just all To the see what really goes what on. Is, like, what is, what is I mean, because really things go like? on. Yeah. yeah. Um, I had a flight attendant get on the plane yesterday, and he goes, this is what my day was like. And he was trying, to, there was a beautiful skyline, and he was trying to record it. And then you hear a baby. He was like, the baby cried for 45 minutes. <laughs> Flight tents do deal with a lot. I mean, a lot of people take them for granted, but um, there's a lot that goes on in the plane. Yeah. Yeah. And how, how extra would you be? So, like, with the baby, like, would you, if if it was inconsolable, would you or someone, another flight attendant, take it into their hands to I've done try? that. You have? Okay. Yeah. Um, a lot of times it has to do with their ears. Mm. Or you have toddlers. You know, toddlers don't like to sit down. Mm-hmm. Or you have, sometimes you have kids that are autistic. Mm. And I think a lot of the public and people don't realize that. That's a big thing. And I, and I do see it a lot, you know, and they're out of their space. And when you take an autistic child that's out of their space, they have, they have meltdowns. Mm-hmm. I've seen that a lot. And so what we would just find out what their interests are and just try to relate and build. Yeah. Or the parent, are you really, um, do positive reinforcement to the parent? You're doing such a great job. Uh, Let me know if you need anything because you you kind of, yeah, you kind of pick up, you know, I'm here if you need me. Do you need anything? Yeah. That's a big thing. Next thing you know, they're tweeting about that. Yeah. Chris was such a great boy. <laughs> well, I try, you know, because you just, you never know. Yeah. And kids, they're just, they're unpredictable. Nice. But there has been kids that I've, I've taken and I've walked and I, I don't know why they reached out for me and they were driving their parents. You could see it on their face. But they're cool with you. Yeah. Oh, and so I just stood right there and kind of talked to the kid and held them and they were fine. And I'm sure they'd be 
um, enthralled with like seeing the behind the scenes. Yeah. And so I'm sure like they're used to like seeing maybe the cockpit, but like seeing the back of the plane. A lot of people don't. Yeah. Yeah. You don't see it. So interesting. But, um, anything that you can think of, we probably have went through on the plane. So uh, a lot of times you can, um, when you get on the plane, I recommend maybe buying a sweet treat for your flight attendant, give it to them. That gets you a long ways, by the way. Oh, yeah? They'll come check on you. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Even if you give them hand sanitizer, you know, something cute no that costs a dollar. Yeah. A flight attendant will come and check on you so much. Are you okay? You'll, you will have the best customer service. Oh. That's just a little tidbit any, there. I, people just don't think about that. They don't. One time I had um, a couple who flies a lot, and they gave us um, just this little bitty plastic bag with a couple Hershey Kisses in it and a note and just say, we just want you to know that we see everything you go through and that you're really appreciated. That goes a long way as a flight attendant. We talked to them probably the whole flight after we did all of our service, yeah, because they were just so interesting. Yeah. So, Yeah. Um, is there any no-nos to that? Maybe like just no home goods? Or no home cooked food. Yeah. So, uh, we try, they, we were not supposed to eat like home cooked food and stuff. Um, you know, no, probably alcoholic drinks probably <laughs> that are open, <laughs> you know? I mean, if, if you gave me a bottle of wine, I might take it home, but I don't know. <laughs> so, you know, just something within reasoning. Yeah. Um, Good to know. Yeah. It goes a long way. I agree. It does. And, and in the EMT industry, it's, uh, you know, it's not an industry to be tipped in. Um, and like my personal rule is like, you know, they're either blocking the door and they won't take no five times. And it's like, yeah. okay, fine. But like, it's, it's honestly like you do it because you, you're here to help them. Yeah. And honestly, like, I feel like they're not in a position to give me money because they're, they just came from the hospital or whatever. And yeah. it's like, no, I don't, you need that. You know, I don't need that. Um, but in the hospitality industry, it does, it is, it is appreciated. And it's, it is, but we don't, um, we can't accept tips. Oh, no tips though. Okay. No. So for it, it's just, it's frowned upon. So that I guess they don't want their passengers to feel like, they or their customers to. to feel like they have to tip their, okay. their flight attendant. I'm sure people do that, but we're not supposed to take that. We can take little bitty things like that. Yeah. Yeah, but not. Okay. Yeah. Um, Do you have any last advice for someone seeking or trying to become a flight attendant? Do it. Mm. Just do it. I mean, a lot of people hold back and they question it too much. There's so many different airlines. If you put your resume into all of them, somebody's going to call you back. If you have what they're looking for, they're going to call you back. Um, And don't be intimidated. Yeah, there's no real way to like intern or shadow. You just gotta fly with them. Kinda yeah. Maybe ask the flight attendants on your plane, yeah. flight. Yeah. And that's one thing that I'm going to start writing about more is how to get a job with the airlines. Because yeah. um, I, I think people are intimidated because they don't hire a lot, um, but the people that they do hire. They never thought that they would get hired. I really didn't know that when I, I was just applying. Hard it was, yeah. yeah, I was just like, mm, why not? But I, I think I'm at that point in my life. I'm just like, I think I want to do something. Mm, I'm going to try it. So why not? If I succeed, I succeed. If I fail, I fail. Right. And you don't get anywhere unless you fail a little bit, right? Right, right. So. That's welcome. 
Yeah. Okay, cool. Chris, thank you so much. You're welcome. Um, I'll, uh, it'll be posted within the next couple of days. Okay, great. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thanks for the great coffee. It was You're fabulous. Welcome. Shout out Stivers. You guys are coming on next. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, stay curious. Blah, blah, blah.